So today we're really happy to have Melina Kalinowska, who's the director of uh, public programs here for the Hirschhorn. And um, what's great about her speaking today is that she has worked with Tim Rollins um, on specific projects, and she'll probably talk about that too. So thank you very much. Thank you. Actually, I did work on this project, and that's what's fascinating to me, that it's at the Hirschhorn Museum. But let's start um, a little bit about where Tim Rollins comes from. And why in his title it says Tim Rollins, Rollins and KOS because I think probably the most fascinating to any viewer who really wants to find out about the author would be the fact that they would check on the name of the author and find out that there is also plus and KOS so it's like a big question mark at least to me it would be a question mark what it is. Am I looking at the work of one artist or what does KOS stand for? The KOS stands for the Kids of Survivor. And if you start to know what, that there is this description, Kids of Survival, you will start thinking, well, who are these kids, what it is, and why does it exist? It's interesting that during 1980s, Many artists actually have created groups that were very politically, socially, and otherwise active, like for example, Group Material, to which many artists belong, including Tim Rollins, as well as Felix Gonzalez Torres, whose work is not on view, but we have it in the collection. So there were these different groups in which artists participated, but they also had a particular idea in mind. Either they wanted to be politically active, therefore bringing certain kind of idea forth, or they wanted to be educators, as in the case of Tim Rollins, and he actually doesn't like the word teaching, because he says teaching is talking from one point right down, but educating really means that everybody who is part of the group, which I think is also Ryan's idea, sort of participates in educating each other and learning more. You would say, well, this is a very new idea. Well, it wasn't because, you know, in the, in the antiquities, for example, in Greece, there were different guilds in which artists work. Also in the period of High Renaissance, of course, when we are looking at artists' works, we also know that there were groups that have participated in them. And now also, actually, among contemporary artists, they have big studios in which different assistants participate in. You never know what is made by the artist and what is made by the, by the assistant. I think that this, in many ways, is very different because here is someone that is helping, encouraging, and making young people to become artists. One question would be, why? Well, it was partially that kind of a movement that existed in the 80s. That was the movement in which artists were engaged in many social and political issues in different ways. And it's quite natural that somebody like Tim Rollins would work with young people. He had a studio in the Bronx, in a very difficult part of the city, and, these, and started to teach at schools. This is how he was engaged. But he realized that kids at schools were incredibly bored. And I don't know how many of you, you know, have gone to good schools where kids were bored, but there are also lots of schools in which kids do not really know how to touch certain idea and how to start from that idea. And very often, it's a very much question of having 
personal experience, physical experience, not only intellectual experience. So Tim started to invite kids to his studio. Well, you would think, well, what did it look like? Well, he was also very tough. You know, either you work or you cannot be part of the group. And what was fascinating to me about this experience that I witnessed Bose's amazing energy, but it also solved lots of questions that I had about his work for me. Because when you look at his works, and we don't have any other works apart from those on view, you would always sense that there is a particular style, and usually what you would have is maybe something abstract, particularly in the background, and then that there would be appropriated very stylized imagery on the top. For example, we at the Hirschhorn Museum have two, well, two works apart from this one. Um, and these are works from the early 90s, and it is during that time that many of his works entered major collection. I think Museum of Modern Art have probably five works. Tate Gallery in London probably has five works as well. And as you would go throughout the world, all major museums have some major paintings from the 90s. So for example, in the 90s, and I have got only small images, but I'll send them around. He did America with KOS, a refugee, which was based on Franz Kafka's book, America. Franz Kafka being Central European artist based in Prague, who were, wrote in German, was of Jewish origin. Never been to America, so it was completely imaginary work. But the kids, together with Tim, read the book. And of course, you can ask question, did they read the whole book from the beginning to the end? Well, no, he probably read the book to them. They listened to the book on the tape. Maybe they just read certain pages, which were key to the work. Then they discuss it, and then they started to look for imagery. So I'll send this around so you can see it's really small. But next time you come to the Hirshhorn, if we have the work on view, and I'm sure at some point it'll be on view, you can have a look at it. And then another work from the Earth to the Moon from 1991 to 1992, which was also done with the kids of survival. So what you would always see that the work in many respects is always sort of basically abstract with some images that would be figurative, but it's not really about figuration, it's about how things are assembled together, how clear they are. Then you would look at some other works like these, which are also on the theme of music, more in the year of 2000. So every time, to me, there is always one particular style. And so the question to me was, how could it be if he works with a large group of people? Well, in this case, he worked, guess what, with 60 people. And actually, this portfolio belongs to the box. And what you have in the box, and I have only photocopies, is the names of all of the people that participated. Right? So they are all, you could say, in one way or another authors. They are, for that period of time, which in this case was one year, group of kids of survival. But Apart from them, there is also a permanent group or semi-permanent group of kids of survival that work with Tim in his studio in Bronx or in New York, wherever he's moving. And these kids would then, who are already maybe adults, would then join the other group and sort of work with them. So in this case, we had um, students from George Mason University 
who were finishing their education degrees and were working on us as interns. Then we had kids from elementary, middle and high school from Maryland and DC that were put together. They were chosen on the basis of the fact that they all had one or another kind of disability. Either they weren't fit to the class or they couldn't pay enough attention, but they were also selected because they had an interest in art and therefore were prepared to come to this group. The other people who enlisted were also teachers because sometimes it really takes that teacher to bring that kid to the school and in some cases there were also parents who participated. I happened to participate as an educator. Basically I wasn't really an educator, I was a person who called all of the schools, got the kids there together and were there with them. And therefore, by the accident, my two kids, one of which who is a disabled, participated in this too because all of the workshops took place on Sunday and Saturday, had nobody to leave them with, so they were part of it. This is just sort of anecdotal information, which of course you forget immediately. And so, how did we select the theme and uh, why? Well, Tim was at the time very much interested in music and already created a portfolio with another group of students on Midsummer Night's Dream. And on one occasion, he heard Haydn's creation, uh, Oratorio. It was uh, written, composed in 1798, and it was based on the Genesis as well as on John Milton's Paradise Lost. It's a huge theme very religious and so you bring kids from all of the environment and really what do you do well there were several things that they that he did first of all he has an amazing presence he's very energetic he really wants to know from everybody if they participate and he put the music on we didn't really discuss too much the music we had it on um, just playing and he asked the kids to be just very energetic he didn't introduce any pen any color pencils anything like that just if I remember correctly black and white and he asked them not to create any imagery whatsoever just listen to the music and listen to the energy and just make lines and when they feel they are finished they would and so as they draw he kind of walked around almost like a composer and saying oh this is great this is great I want this I want darker 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 you know so he was really performing it was wonderful because you know artists are also performers so in a way what I saw I saw a visual artist who basically did lots of paintings with other people was also performing as part of this production uh, well, this, uh, I think it was in 2003 and the work was finished in 2004. And he was invited by the, thank for the question, by Pyramid Atlantic, which is a printing workshop here in Silver Spring. And the head of that printing workshop at the time was Helen Frederick, who is also an artist, paper artist, uh, actually quite politically and socially engaged. And she invited Tim Rollins for a one-year residency and invited me as a person who will help her to put the whole group together. And, uh, and uh, Andrea Polen, who as a curator, because at the end of this uh, portfolio, there would be a much larger exhibition which took place at the Krieger Museum. And I think that was in 2004 
where there would be not only this portfolio, but other works created by other groups on the theme of music. And that's, that's the catalog of the exhibition. You know, the artist is not the one, artist is a group. And these kids, who everybody considers incapable of being taught, actually would have an exhibition at the Krieger Museum, MoMA, Hirschhorn, and, and so on. Because in every time the work is acquired, their names are listed as part of the product. I have to tell you also, you know, as a, as a side, that many works of art that we are looking at now, major, Jeffrey Koons and others, they are really produced by a whole group of people that are working on it. Very often there are other artists. They are never acknowledged because it's not part of their practice. But for us, it's important to know this because they are not that different from this, meaning here is somebody who is acknowledging that he's working with a group of people. The other ones are not acknowledging at all that maybe they just touch up the work at the end. And you know, in the, what is interesting also is that the same thing is about the high renaissance because we know, and I'm not an expert, which works have really been created by the master which was created by the school, and when they are analyzed in detail, you would say, well, we know that the face and the features are touched by the artist. The rest of it is done by the school. So I wouldn't necessarily question whether this is the work of art or not. It, it is. But it's fascinating to see how it has been produced and what has been acknowledged. For me, the acknowledgement is a major, major part of what Tim Rollins does. It's also performance art by a group. He's a bit like a conductor. You could say that, and you know, the orchestra then, and all the students with his encouragement are being directed to produce certain ways. You know, you're absolutely right because if he would let everybody do what they wanted without conducting and without bringing certain feelings out of them, it's not like he's dictating. He's saying, no, we are not going to be creating, painting a flower or a heart or a house. Let your creativity go. Let it go. Let's start going. Don't think of images. Think of music. So they would do that. And the next, then, we had a discussion about the fact that it's taken from Genesis, creation of the world, and all of the kids were encouraged to bring any research back to the school, to the project. So, Bing Bang, Big Bang, right? You know, the photographs from different magazines. Other people brought Bible, quotations from Bible, the newspaper images or information about Haydn. I mean, all of this was brought together. And of course, you cannot really research all of this. We would look at the different images, you know, for a period of time, we would look at Bing Bang, but he wouldn't say, and these images were fantastic because when they are taking these photographs by the Hubble telescope, they are magnificent and full of color. And so as a result of it, then he started to move from drawing, this is my son's, he was in probably, I cannot now remember, uh, 2003, so it's 2008 minus five, he's 16, so he's 11, 11 years old. And you know, it's not that they did just this, they just did 20, 30 of these when they would give them a special handmade paper and 
real printing uh, and watercolors, and he would teach them how to do it. So he would sort of, uh, sorry, fling the fl uh, color. So they would constantly be encouraged to use certain kind of freedom when they were using the color because it's so much close to the heart of Tim Rollins. This is what it looked like. I think it's very much at the beginning of the workshops because you can imagine at the beginning they were drawing, they were listening, they were listening to, they were drawing, they were listening. Oh, you can, you can send it around. I mean, yes, it is his work of art, but I don't treat it as a museum person. You know. <laughs> uh, sorry? <laughs> what? Yes, there, there were actually, you will hear how fascinating it really was. So this is how it was at the beginning. This is in the, in the Pyramid Atlantic. And I think what really inspired these kids is that they were in professional printing studio. So drawing first, discussion second, then using colors. And then we started to use the printing machine and the printing master, his name is there. And so, and it's a silk screen. So basically what you do, you paint the screen and then you go over the screen and you end up with images. Then we had a huge discussion. Do we use the color or what's happening or not? So they use lots of colors, the oranges, the blues, because they were also looking at these photographs from the Hubble telescope. And so everybody started feeling that it just doesn't bring the magnificence of the music. And you know, music is constantly playing in the background, Haydn, you know, constantly. Sorry? Uh, oratorio. So it's like very heavy but it's magnificent, uplifting music. It's a very often described as a, one of the most conservative music on that particular theme. But it didn't matter because it's really, it's about the creation of the world and it goes through the first seven days. And of course, what, you are, what, is, what Milton and Genesis is talking about is from nothing, there is something. And so we've, everybody felt that the colors do not really do the justice or somehow they couldn't really select the colors properly. So we ended up really turning to black and grays. But the kids made this decision themselves. And then what started to happen, they started to work only in black and white. But you can imagine, I mean, we are looking here at seven prints. They made, I think, about 150 of different prints. You know, I remember one particular weekend, it was actually during Christmas time, and Tim came, arrived on the 26, 27, 28, 29 for four days. It was amazing, you know, every day at 10 o'clock in the morning, and we would be leaving home at about four and it will be constantly produced. And the critique was done in a most interesting way. Tim would put all of these prints, all of these, all of these prints that kids would do, and they would work not one by one. You wouldn't put your name like here, Jan Vanus, you know, no. You would 
you, you would do it, we will decide that three of us feel very good about each other, we would work. And what was magnificent is, of course, the kids of different generations, races, backgrounds, you know, all of this, and they were all working together, helping each other. Yes? Well, looking at all of these things, <clears throat> these uh, kids, uh, all the kids, <clears throat> they naturally steer away from representative art. They were drawn all this time as we were progressing. Representation wasn't something that they wanted to depict. Remember also, in Genesis, you have to represent chaos, nothing, and then coming to matter. So it's almost like creating from nothing, from all of the gases, from all of the spiritual matter, if you wish, something that would be something, which is then described as beautiful. So how do you do You cannot do it with representation. Well, what will you be representing? Nobody knew, right? So representation was totally away from it. And kids wouldn't even then incline towards it. Remember, they're working for one year. And I'm not talking one year steadily. You know, it would be, we probably met on six occasions. And, and each occasion was at least two days. And one occasion was during that Christmas period, which was really intense and went for six days or something like that. So they really were driven away from representation and nobody was asking for it anymore. You know, that really ended up with them probably in the middle of the entire project. So no signatures, nobody quite knew who did what, but they remembered, you know, sometimes in the group. And so at some sessions, all of these prints were laid down and the kids, not adults, were asked to vote which are the best. And you know, Tim would go with them and he would be asking question why and does it work together? So in the end, they selected, you know, the, it was basically elimination process over a period of time. In the end, they selected by themselves those seven which is quite stunning. And you know, during the time, there were also, we were picking up words from the oratorio. So there are particular words, the beauty, the creation, the existence, the spirit, you know, all of these different words. So on the one hand, they had the images that they have done, and on the other hand, they had these words to hold on to. As you can see, underneath the image, there is a musical score. It is from Haydn. It is the oratorio. And Tim brought these, and, and again, kids selected them, but there wasn't any, I wouldn't say that there was something amazing. They just decided that, yes, this would be a good background, because that background would tell you, or tell the viewer, that all of this comes from music, or was inspired by music. Also, when you look at Tim Rollins and Cos work, you would always find, I don't want to say always, but my memory tells me always, but let's say almost always, that there is some background that he brings in to the creativity. So it could be maybe the text of the book that they have read, or it could be the sand from the ground or the glass that they refer to in the work. So there would be always some kind of background or everyday material. There wasn't be too much of it, but it would be always one particular kind of aspect. So when they selected all of these, 
then they had to be printed. And it's a silk screen printing and Chinko Lee, which is sort of digitally, the image is digitally transferred and then again photographed or put onto these, onto these prints. So it's very complicated, very complicated process, which kids were not involved any longer because it was obviously a very professional process. Uh, but Tim worked very closely with the master printer. There were several editions. And then there was an opening of an exhibition at the Krieger Museum and a special opening for all of the kids to come in and participate. You can ask, what did the kids kept for themselves from the, uh, from the experience? Well, we helped them to create their own portfolios. So the printing workshop created an outside of the portfolio which they decided together with themselves, which is almost like a newsprint, but on a very good quality paper. And then they could select from each exercise we have done over this period of time, two or three images that they felt were most closer to them. So not, not the adults, only the kids. So they selected all of those, like my son. Uh, and, you know, I think he signed this originally. And Tim would sign one image for them from the whole thing that they selected so they would have, if you wish, the original work because as we know it's acknowledged by the signature usually from the exercise and they each receive this book which talks about the entire process. And the Hirshhorn Museum was donated this work uh, by one of the trustees of the Pyramid Atlantic. And you know, to me, it's always fascinating. I'm looking at this work and there is nothing to tell me the exciting story and the enormous energy, but also of artist's dedication to bring into his process so many other people for whom he may have made an enormous difference in their life or just opening a window to being in love with art or what it meant, even if you are not going to be engaged with it for the rest of your life.